So the big question is this. How do veterinarians like you, who live demanding lives, who never seem to have enough time, able to achieve balance and take control of your finances with confidence? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. We are Florida Veterinary Advisors, and this is the Smarter Vet Podcast. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Smarter Vet Podcast. This is your co-host, Tom Seco. And today we have another awesome person who works within the veterinary community that's joining us to share his story and the things that he's working on. And I'll get to introducing him in a second. If this is your first time listening to our podcast, make sure if you're on Apple Podcasts, rate us, rate us a review. Go on Facebook, rate us a review. We love to hear from you. And if there's any content or different things that you want to know about, please go let us know and we'll do our best to create some content for you. And actually some really exciting news. We have a five-part financial planning video mini series that's available at no cost. So if you want to go watch that, I'll make sure I'll drop the link in the description below in the podcast. So the guest that we have here today is it's Kevin Mayher. He is the founder of Vet Measure, which they're doing some incredible things within the veterinary profession. He's been in the veterinary profession for actually animals period for a very long time. And today is going to share his story a little bit more of what they're doing and how they're impacting the community. Thanks for joining me today, Kevin. Thank you very much for the invite. Absolutely. I think this is going to be a fun time. Hopefully uh, people will get a lot of great value from this. And for anyone who's not familiar with you or your company, I would love for you to share a little bit about your history and how you've come to be where you are today with your business and where it all started. Okay. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. I grew up on a dairy farm in Iowa, dairy, beef, swine. Uh, dairy. And so uh, I was in, I was introduced to the veterinary profession at a very young age because we had veterinarians on our on site uh, multiple times per week, usually. And um, my main interest uh, grew from from that experience. I had brothers. I had four brothers and four sisters. Or I have four brothers and four sisters, and I I'm the one that took the interest um, in the animal side. Um, and I found that um, the um, you know the passion for that uh, led me to Iowa State University and animal science degree and working in, in the vet college at Iowa State uh, part time during classes or during not during classes but during my college years. I ended up um, just really getting uh, more of a passion for uh, veterinary medicine. So that's that's really the background and how this all started. And it's been, how, how many years would you say you've been working within the animal industry now? Uh, 35 plus. Wow. 35 plus. So that's your whole career has been involved in this, which is oh, yeah. you started off and now here you are. Uh, and I would imagine being in Iowa too. Were you in a small town? Yes. Yeah. Yes. High that's school cool. class was 23. <laughs> 23. <laughs> yeah, that's small. So everyone, everyone knew each other and hung out with each other, at least talked with hopefully it was pleasant with each other, I'd hope. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Well, that's cool. Well, good. So vet measure from, from what I know, vet measure started back in September of 2015. You know, what is the whole idea behind vet measure and why did it come to be what it is today? Well, it really was stimulated by my uh, previous business that I started uh, called global vet link. It's still uh, GVL. It's still going and thriving today. Uh, we actually started in the, with our first state for regulatory compliance online in the state of Florida and uh, started that company and launched it just a few days before 9-11 happened. Mm. So uh, it's quite a historical uh, memory. Um, 
in many ways of getting new product introduction into the veterinary profession uh, because veterinarians were <clears throat> at that time they came to the to the uh, Florida Veterinary Medical Association uh, annual trade show conference and trade show and they learned about us there we set appointments went around this all over the state and that's really where I got more enthusi enthused about the introduction of new technology to veterinary practices because there were many people that were open to it. And uh, anyway, that business uh, grew and it's still going today and growing. Uh, but I saw the canine uh, in the veterinary profession, um, canine patient loads increasing, canine numbers increasing nationwide. And I felt that there's a possible opportunity there for me to take my background and apply it to uh, the veterinary profession that can help more efficiently manage uh, canine patients. So that's where it all began. Awesome. And, and what is the main idea behind VetMeasure? Like, what are you all doing exactly? Yeah, we're trying to um, we're, we're really differentiate our, ourselves and our technology. We're, we're actually bringing wearable technology to a different state uh, because Wearable technology uh, up to the point we started the company was largely consumer-based, uh, you know, purchased by their clients from online or a, a retail outlet. And they're mostly designed for um, activity monitoring and some other metrics. We did some research with a collar and uh, at the University of Colorado State University Vet College. And we advanced uh, from a collar concept to a harness around the thoracic cavity of the animal. Mm. So what we're really bringing to, to veterinary medicine is a, a non-invasive, reliable, wearable device that is really geared at veterinarians, hence our name, that measure. Really cool. All right. So it's a, some specialized harness, which was usually, was at first was a collar, which it sounds it's slowly progressing. And I'm sure you all are looking at new technology or new things as time progresses, of course, to implement more. And I'm curious to know, and I'm sure others who are listening right now, when it comes to inventing or starting this company, what did you feel that veterinary practices were kind of missing or struggling with at the time that this was a, a need for them? Okay. Well, with my, with my background again, with, uh, with GVL, um, I learned that there's practices out there that are really looking for, searching for ways to differentiate their level of service. And uh, with the increased canine uh, practice load going on and the, uh, and the challenges that they, they have to manage multiple patients and having the correct staffing, the, you know, the manual vitals and <clears throat> taking manual vitals in a practice uh, continues to uh, be a challenge for the profession and there's there's different ways that they've addressed that. But what I felt was that if we could bring automated real-time monitoring, it's not invasive that automatically we can set the highs and lows. So we're able to identify on a, on a uh, screen in the office that's on the wall that everyone can see or push the alerts to their cell phone if they're away from the practice uh, for lunch or at night. Uh, they preset those highs and lows for heart rate, for temperature, for respiratory rate, um, we can be able to have a more, um, you know, improved care of the patients and awareness of recovery, for example, from a surgical procedure or of a treatment in the practice. Okay. 
So the these harnesses and collars and the stuff that you're helping be able to provide the practices, I'm guessing they go to report to some kind of an app or some screen. Like how would, if I'm, I'm away from the practice, I'm guessing I would have an app on my phone and then I can open it up and then it has like, you know, Fido saying, hey, Fido's vitals are this. Is that how that works? Yes, it is actually uh, uh, pushed to a mobile app. The data is pushed automatically to a mobile app. So the the vet practice would need to have Wi-Fi, which most of them do now, uh, in their practice, so that the data can be pushed from the harness to the to the server to our server and, and pushed to their app. And, our, wow. and it, yes, it also can be displayed locally in the practice on a computer, uh, uh, logged into our system. So we've got the web app as well as the mobile app as options with those preset highs and lows. Cool. So the, I'm, I'm assuming that it's either custom kind of like wireless or Bluetooth. That's how it communicates. Yes. We either Wi-Fi is, is one option. The Bluetooth is actually uh, the way that we stream the ECG readings. Cool. The These are some really fancy harnesses. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, I love it. So that's, I would imagine that'd be incredibly helpful to be able to see these things a little bit more on demand. And when, when we're looking at having these stats and everything, of course, recovery, these pets that are coming in, uh, have you been seeing a lot of people being starting to adapt and seeing like, hey, this really can be helpful for our practice? Or what have you seen that has been a big sticking point for people wanting to now start purchasing these harnesses, these collars, start offering them to all these practices. What would make them want want them? How, are there any types of spots or things that you're struggling with from a standpoint that's like, hey, uh, you know, this this is the value that they're going to provide to you and your patients? Well, I, uh, I think one of the biggest interests we have is from the younger generation um, that mm-hmm. are well, you know, that grew up with apps, grew up with uh, technology. So the uh, the you know. Gen Zs and millennials, we find that there's a lot of interest in how how do they introduce this technology? They get excited about it and they want to bring it to their to the staff and to the decision makers in the practice if they're not at that level yet. But uh, that's the thing that we're learning is that uh, you know technology adaptation at varies between practice. So if it's a two veterinary practice um, that perhaps has been in business for 40 years and, and plus, and they're, they're doing well, maybe, maybe they're not as interested in making a change to their practice, um, you know, their, their protocol, but uh, some, some newer practices or, or younger veterinarians, it's not, it's not restricted to them only, um, mm-hmm. for sure. But we find that there's just a, um, a stronger interest for people that have a technology aptitude that uh, they can really see and get excited about wow, this is going to reduce me having to be involved with every patient hands-on every, you know, for every 15 minutes during recovery or whatever period of time that they set. Right. I, I can see that because especially a practice owner that's been around for quite some time, they're pretty much used to doing things the way that they do things. And I'm, I'm assuming that once that practice owner does sell, if it is to, let's say, a, a younger person who's now taking over the business they're not either just graduated been in practicing for a little while uh, i know i know myself personally i'm all about technology I see new <laughs> new computers coming out new watches uh tvs all that other fun stuff so i, I would if i owned a veterinary practice i'd be all over it myself mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. i see your point mm-hmm. uh do you see that uh, there are a lot of 
younger veterinarians that are out there for you to be able to approach? Or do you see that the, you know, the environment with, you know, the consolidators and other things like, are those, are they interested in wanting to implement this as a part of their practices? Or have you seen it more of a, more of towards when it's independently owned practices or wanting to use these services? It's definitely a, a mix of both. It you know, is. There's, yes, there's practices that are corporate practices that have have interest and either have purchased or you know are close to that stage, and the independent practices. So I would say that if the uh, at the moment the ones that show the strongest interest would be those that have you know multiple veterinarians that are, that are have a lot of surgeries in the practice where they could appreciate the automation that we bring and the improved care that we bring to their practice. So yes, it's it's been, those are the ones that we have seen increasing, but there's small practices of one or two veterinarians that uh, find that this also is a time saver for them. And um, in my in my previous experience in my career, it's, I, yeah, I don't wanna remove the, uh, the interest by uh, saying it's for millennials or Gen, Gen Z only, but where uh, that's for the highest interest because we have it all across the spectrum from veterinarians have been, pra- been practicing many, many years to those that are, that are we just had a, a uh, Zoom call today with a, uh, with a vet student at a college in the Southeast that we are going to be working with. And she is super excited and will be a great asset to helping students learn more about our technology. That's really cool. Yeah, I would never push it towards one generation or another. I know it's kind of one of those things with the generation shifts over the course of time, though. It's like kids today are actually coming up with this is the world that they're used to texting and phones and mm-hmm. everything else. And then I know the other generations, of course, technology is still fairly still something new. So then trying to implement that along the way, some of the existing practices might be a little bit of a struggle, but I'm sure over time there will be a uh, the adaptation of where people are going to want to start implementing them just from efficiency, I would think. Yes, uh, it, Depending on the practice too. I mean, is there usually a certain amount of harnesses that they should have on staff? I mean, do you usually be able to calculate that by how many patients they're seeing or how many veterinarians they have? We have um, three different sizes. So typically uh, vet practice would be buying the, the small, medium, and large. Hmm. Uh, we're in the process of, of uh, finalizing our extra small, harness and cool. so that would be for you know for the smaller it extends that's a growth area of the uh of the uh, canine world um <clears throat> we definitely have a lot of uh requests for the extra small size and each harness comes with a tape measure so we measure the chest circumference to make sure that it's a perfect fit hmm. i mean if not a perfect fit but it's it's in the size range for that animal because the harness itself has strap straps that show the uh Red is too tight. Um, yellow is is average, and then green is is uh, where you you need to be in that green zone when you when you, after you put the harness on, it just to have these straps that tighten it up. <clears throat> so that's what we've really found that um, we just made it want to make it easy for veterinarians to and, and staff to to be able to put it on and re, and you know use it again on the next patient. Absolutely. So this is usually so I would think just from some of the benefits, of course, of getting these harnesses and providing that because after surgery, being able to monitor the vitals, being able to keep on top of those things. At the same time, it seems like they can be used over and over and over, over the course of time. So then it's, you know, kind of a one-time thing, they purchase them and then they can use them. And then of course, I would imagine at some point or another, they might need to be replaced or not, but it seems like it can be very beneficial to these practices that are buying them. Oh, yes. We find that they're 
if they calculate the number of uh, hours per patient of hands-on monitoring mm-hmm. for vitals, and over a period of time, you know, it, this is definitely um, winner in many parts and many many ways that you look at it in the vet practice from efficiency, animal animal recovery time, and intervention strategies that they can be alerted of with uh, non-invasive. The non-invasive part is really uh, important because it's you're not interrupting the animal. Uh, you don't have to you know open the kennel and go in and and uh, if an animal gets disrupted because you're doing vitals on it, some animals don't mind at all. Other animals, as we all know, are a little bit more sensitive to that. So right. we're able to um, just have a non-invasive constant monitoring that really has been a big, uh, big plus. That's fantastic. I love it. So I, I see so many great perks for this, over the, especially over the course of time where it seems like everything is starting to progress. Uh, is there anything else in store that you all are trying to start implement over the course of time as well? Or is it still really the focus is on these harnesses right now? Um, the, the focus is on the harness and uh, we call it uh, harness is part of it, but uh, really it's a wearable monitor is really our term. And you can find that on our website. Cool. But uh, we also, um, but where we're headed with this uh, is that we're focused on the vet practice to start with for the first year. As we launched uh, and our first production run is is now completed, so we're now able to start shipping product. We um, shipping more product. We we have product in the field now, but we're now getting to the point where we can we're scaling up, and they can order on the website. But uh, the down the road, we will be moving in about a year to a wearable harness that's more tuned for outdoor usage or at home usage. And that can push the data back to the vet practice, so the veterinarian would still have the ability to, to be engaged in that animal's health, especially if it's a chronic illness or chronic patient, patient with chronic conditions that they want to want to monitor. So we have that op- option coming down the road, and then we will be moving to livestock, so dairy calves, beef calves, foals. Uh, that will be the next stage of our company growth. That's really cool. I like the idea where they can be able to monitor outside of. The practice, I think that's that's genius. <laughs> Can be incredibly helpful, especially too, where it's like, and I know there's been a big push lately towards the televet, and of course in the human medicine there's telemed, so televet being a, a big thing, and now they can implement some of that stuff to be able to see the vitals and all that. That's you, you don't even have to be at the practice realistically to be able to make sure the animals, <laughs> okay, which is awesome. That's really cool. So if you were to, you know be talking to a a practice owner right now, or for anyone who's listening at the moment, and they're like, maybe wanting to consider, you know, something like doing something like this, what would you say would be, you know, a piece of advice or something that you would provide for them just to even take that next step to even want to consider this? Yeah, I would say that uh, if they have Wi-Fi in their practice today or are going to be having Wi-Fi soon, and they, they have a patient load that's is increasing or is at a level where it's challenge, a challenge to have the um, techs available to take the vitals on a routine basis as they would like, as they would build into their protocol. Uh, and also to be able to differentiate their practice level of care because this technology is not super expensive. It does bring a, a new way of, of being able to care and, and to demonstrate to the clients that this monitor will be on your your animal for 
from the time of arrival to practice to discharge. So we have the that option or it's post-surgical or whatever the veterinary practice feels they have the most need. I, I would encourage them to consider those um, advantages and then also the, the uh, staff uh, taking pressure off the staff and allowing them to focus on some other areas where they'd like to have more attention. Of course, the, those all sound like great ideas, especially when you're trying to systematize things and create more processes and be able to make it to where, you know, instead of having to spend a lot of time doing things that could be done by devices or anything, now you can be able to get these things to replace that and not have the people focus on other things. I think that sounds, sounds like a great idea. Thank you. Absolutely. So if anyone were interested and they say, hey, I want to learn more about this or they want to have a conversation, what would you suggest would be a good step for them to take? Um, we have a, um, on our website, we have uh, a button that you can push that says uh, schedule demo. If uh, anyone wants to see actually see a demo, we can schedule that. And so we have one-on-one -on, -one on a video call uh, or in practice, if that's of interest too. Depends on where, where they are in the country as we're in the process of scaling up our, our staff and growth. Our website is, uh, is uh, www.vetmeasure.com. Vet is in veterinarian, measure.com. And you, that will bring you to that website. And then my um, the, the info account is our best uh, option for contacting us. It's info at vetmeasure.com. And uh, the third option is to call our office number, which is 515 296-4243. Perfect. So for anyone who did not get any of that and you're maybe driving in the car or doing something else, I'll make sure I include it in the description below or inside the podcast so you can go take a look. Uh, I would highly suggest if you're wanting to try to systemize and make your business a little bit more streamlined, it might be a good idea to consider it. Um, request a demo and talk about it. I, I believe if, if I owned a veterinary practice, I'd probably be talking to myself, Kevin. So <laughs> I think that's an awesome thing to do. Very good. Thank you. There's a lot of excitement out there for sure. Of course. I mean, technology in general, like I was saying earlier, I love technology. I'd be all about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, to end this on always a, a fun note, I'm going to ask you a, a funny question here. Maybe you might have an answer to it. If you had the choice of having to pick one food to eat for the rest of your life, what would that food be? That's a very challenging question. Right. Um, I like to eat. <laughs> uh, so, um, you know, coming from a uh, background where my, my mother's side of the family was Italian, we ate a lot of pasta growing up, and I still love pasta. If I had to choose one, and probably, and my wife does a great job uh, with her pasta creations. So that would probably be it, the pa pasta. Option. Like fresh pasta? Um, doesn't have to be fresh. It can just be... Can't, you know, the box pasta is fine. <laughs> okay. Awesome. I've actually, my, my wife and I, we've gotten really into the whole making fresh pasta. You just flour some egg, flattening it. We took some cooking classes. So it's, if you ever get a chance, if, I'm sure you might've had it at some point, but fresh pasta is amazing. Like I love it. I, yeah, I've loved that. I, love it. I have not had any for a while, but I do love it. And uh, <laughs> good suggestion. Thank you. Yeah. They got the, those KitchenAid attachments too. If you have them too, you can put your pasta and funnel it through there and make it all good. Yeah. So oh, cool. Well, good, Kevin. I, I appreciate you joining me here today. You've shared a lot of great information. I hope that some people take, you know, be able to consider this. And if they're wanting to take their business to that next level, that would, I think you're the next good stop to at least consider talking to. So I appreciate you joining us today. Great. Well, I really appreciate your time and the invitation. It means a lot. And we wish everyone the best. 
Yeah, it's my it's my pleasure. Uh, and and again, for all of you who are listening, I'll make sure to provide Kevin's details and information to be able to go take a closer look. Uh, again, if you haven't heard, we have a, a five part video mini series that's available, absolutely no cost to you. I'm going to create the link below, but if you also want to go there yourself, it's series, S-E-R-I-E-S dot F-L-VetAdvisors.com and go take a look at that. But this is Tom Seco wishing you a lifetime of financial success. Don't forget to visit our website and sign up for our newsletter. By subscribing, you'll be the first to know about upcoming race-approved CE webinars, podcast releases, short presentations, and articles that we publish. Make sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on LinkedIn, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. CJ Burnett and Tom Seco are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, and financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, New York. CJ Burnett's and Tom Seco's California licenses are 0K79676 and 0K80141, respectively. Security products and advisory services are offered through Park Avenue Securities, LLC, a registered broker-dealer, investment advisor, member of FINRA and the SIPC, and a wholly-owned subsidiary of Guardian. Florida Veneer Advisors is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. This podcast is for information purpose only. Only guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities, Guardian, or Florida Veterinary Advisors, and opinions stated are their own. This material is intended for general use. By providing the content, Park Avenue Securities LLC and your financial representative are not undertaking to provide investment advice or make a recommendation for a specific individual or situation or to otherwise act in a fiduciary capacity. All investments contain risk and may lose value. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. The individuals associated with Florida Veterinary Advisors do not maintain specialized licenses or qualifications for the financial services provided to veterinary professionals. Florida Veterinary Advisors is not registered in any state or with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission as a registered investment advisor. Submission number 2023-151972 expires March of 2025.